Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back. Um, I'm, my name is Brother Michael D'Angelo, and this is Let This Mind Be In You. And um, on the continuation of the study tonight, we're going to be back in First Timothy, First Timothy chapter two. And boy, the, com- the just the timeliness of God's word, um, especially what's going on in the world today, is just amazing. Um, I, I never cease to be amazed at uh, how good God's word is. And uh, so we're going to cover many different things. And I, I pray that you. Listen to the entirety of this podcast. So join me now for this previously recorded podcast. And hello and welcome back. Uh, so we're back into First Timothy tonight. And uh, I just wanted to say hello and uh, welcome back to everybody. And if it's your first time, I would like to just say hello and welcome. My name is Brother Michael D'Angelo and this is the channel uh, named after Philippians 2 verse 5 where it says, let this mind be in you. And um, it, that's what we're striving to have here is the mind of Christ. And so um, I'm, I'm thankful if you found this video, I'm thankful that uh, you've taken the time to watch this video. I pray that you watch it all the way through. Uh, just hear out the entirety of it. Just give me uh, a, a chance to read God's word. That's what we do here. We go through uh, line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, just read the scriptures for what they say and um, let, let the, the spirit teach. And uh, so I wanted to welcome everybody. If you're listening on the podcast, I really appreciate that. Uh, any of the podcast platforms right now. Um, so right now, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you get to see me. And uh, but uh, you get to hear me going down the road if you want to listen on any of the podcast platforms. So let this mind be in you ministries podcast. That's all. I know it's a long title, but type that all in. Let this mind be in you ministries podcast. And um on any of the platforms that you're on, and you should be able to uh, find me. And like I said, if you want to, um, if you don't find me on the platform that you like to listen to, just let me know. And the way you can let me know, the quickest way, the fastest way, and the and the best way I say I I think is to email me, and I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Um, I try within the within the day. From seeing the email to if I have to study something out or if I have to, uh, if somebody has a question or something like that, it may take a little bit longer, but I try to respond back at least in a day. Um, that's that's the goal I set for myself. I don't always hit it, um, especially if I need to um, study something more out. But anyways, it's uh, let this mind be in use. Uh, as far as this ministries, the, for my email, you can uh, email me at l. T-M-B-I-Y at yahoo.com. That's L-T-M-B-I-Y at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have any comments or concerns or questions or just uh, words of encouragement. I had a brother in in Christ. He reached out to me, um, I think it would have been last night or early, early, early this morning um, for my time. Um, Currently, I am stationed 
on a deployment. Um, I'm stationed in Mississippi, but I've been deployed to um, Spain, which I'm going to talk about here in a, in a few seconds. But I've been deployed to Spain. Uh, I've been active duty military for uh, in the Navy in the Seabees, which is a construction um, outfit in the in the Navy, and uh, that's what I do: is construction projects uh, around the world and. Um, so I've been doing that for almost 20 years now, coming up in here in April. And um, But if you've heard my testimony, you'll know what I think about uh, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to hit that again today. However, um, I will tell you, uh, those that watch these on a regular basis, um, that I am getting redeployed somewhere else. And uh, I can't tell you exactly where it is, but it's in the country, the nation of Israel. And um, I'll just tell you that. I'm not going to tell you when I'm leaving. I will tell you, though, that um, it's not going to be very much longer before I get uh, redeployed over there. So if I had to pack up this gear um, and I'm not on here for a little while, uh, you'll know why. I'm able to get on some things on my phone now, on on YouTube and and Facebook, of course. But as far as recording any of these uh, podcasts, it's going to be difficult, especially if I don't have the equipment. Um, I'll try to work something out, uh, but... If you're if you tune in weekly and you don't see me for a couple of weeks, couple three weeks, you'll understand why. And so that's coming up soon. I'm thankful to the Lord for the opportunity. Um, I I wasn't expecting this in in the least bit, um, but um, the the command has uh, said they want to send me, um, and so I'm going. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what all the amenities I'll have there in uh, the ability, the ability for like, uh, live streaming or any of that kind of stuff. I just don't know the entirety of the situation yet. So I just wanted you to give, uh, to give you a heads up on that. Um, like I said, for operational reasons for security and all that kind of stuff, I can't tell you when, where exactly it's just in the, uh, the nation of Israel and, um, I'll be fairly close and by fairly close, I'm not going to give you exactly how close, uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, but I tell you, um, as exciting as that is, get a chance to do that. Because I've told you in the past, if you've watched a few of the videos, that I'd like to take my dad there in a few years to, as, on a vacation type to see uh, everything for a couple weeks. Um, as, as, as exciting as that is, to maybe have the possibility of seeing Jerusalem um, and so forth and so on. Um, as the book of Hebrews talks about, I'm not searching or seeking that city. I'm looking for the new city to come. Uh, that new Jerusalem, that will be the light of the the new world when God creates a new heaven and a new earth, and um, we're the new Jerusalem forever and ever and ever, where I'll be uh, rejoicing with fellow uh, believers, and we will be praising the one who is worthy of all praise. And that's the most important thing. So I'm thankful for the opportunity. I don't know what kind of... Uh, you know, opportunities God's going to have, but I just ask you to pray that uh, I would be surrendered to his will over there and uh, have boldness to speak when needed and uh, whenever I have the opportunity. So I just uh, ask you, you pray for that. Okay. Um, so we're back in first Timothy. I think I, I did all the stuff. I'm out of, all the stuff is out of the way. I believe I'm recording. I always check and I'm recording. Good. Um, so recording, with the the uh, video, and then I'm tr- always trying to worry about the audio, whether or not it's going. There's ways of doing it, but uh, this is just much simpler, uh, quicker process. But anyways, that's behind the scenes. Um, but we're back in First Timothy. Uh, so we started last week. It was a good study of, at the beginning of this uh, letter to uh, Paul's beloved son in the faith. You know, he you could tell the love that he had for Timothy. 
um, in just the start of this of this letter, and Paul's admonishing him, giving him a charge. He's, he's giving him the instructions to how to walk, and um, in in this Christian walk, in in this in this Bible believing way. And as he's continuing the letter in First um, Timothy chapter two, as I was studying this past week, boy, what a timely, what a timely uh, topic. Because I'm telling you something, I didn't plan this out. I just said, you know, I, I was praying for a couple, uh, you know, past couple weeks, uh, praying for the past couple weeks uh, before we started last week about what to, what what you know, book of the Bible we should do next. And um, I had a few suggestions for Timothy, and uh, I was rattling around, maybe going to Timothy, maybe you know, starting in First uh, Thessalonians and doing First and Second Thessalonians and so forth and so on. And if you listen to those past videos, I was really like, or saw some of the posts that I made. I was just, look, just pray for me that I would be surrendered. And, and God really just gave me peace about First Timothy. He really did. I mean, I was like, well, that's not just because other people were talking about it, but because it was like, hmm, there's got to be a reason. And wouldn't you know it? Like I said, don't believe in coincidence. Wouldn't you know it? Look at the first couple of verses of First Timothy chapter 2. Now, if you're living in the United States, unless you're living under a rock, you know what's been going on, okay? Everybody knows what's going on in the United States. For those that tune in um, or listen in around the world, they even know what's going on with the temporal elections, these these things of this earth, these earthly elections that are going on in politics and so forth and so on in the United States. And I just did a what's on my mind uh, about election. That was the last what's on my mind. And because, I mean, boy, God's word gives us the answers and, and just the roadmap and the everything, the instructions of life, if we will just read it and believe what it says and apply it to our lives and follow it and not be about anything else but the word. Now, if you do that, you'll have peace. If you try to be in your own mind, in your own spirit, I'm telling you, boy, it can get, and I have been, I, I've gotten frustrated and seen these things. I have two young kids at home and I just kind of think of this world, but then it's, it's an immediate thing. If I just get surrender to the spirit, the spirit just reminds me this world is not my home. I'm an ambassador. I'm of another place. I'm just passing through as the old song goes. And I think that's been a help to me. Because I've I've flared up, boy! I get frustrated by, oh, I can't believe this, boy! Look at, look at the attitude and the spirit of this person, and I'm like Michael. I can. It's just like the the spirit speaks as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now to me and says, "What are you doing?" And as I studied this past week, look at let's look at the first couple of verses of First Timothy chapter two, and it reminded me again. I've read this numerous times, but it reminded me again how timely is the word of God, how sharp. How powerful and sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word that divides asunder cuts straight through to you. Let's look at the verse number one, shall we? Open up your Bibles, your King James Bibles, the first Corinthians, or excuse me, first Timothy chapter two, and starting in verse one, it says here, Are we ready now? I exhort therefore that, first of all, here is the first thing Paul says, like, look. I just got done talking to you in the opening. That was chapter one, the opening of the letter. First of all, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, 
and giving of thanks be made for all men. <clears throat> now, if, if that wasn't clear enough, I'm going to read it one more time. Because again, remember I said, whenever I'm doing these videos or these teachings, I'm looking at myself in this monitor and I'm really just talking to myself. There's nobody else in here. There's nobody else around. And I'm literally talking to myself right now through the word of God. And it's convicting me even right now where it says, I exhort therefore that first of all, here's the primary thing supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And it doesn't stop. He keeps going. Verse number two, for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Brother Mike, how should we be praying right now? How should we even, first of all, I, I got to address this. It's really starting to frustrate me. Um, the more and more I see it and people, you know, teaching on it and, and I'm hearing it, prayer is not asking. Like my little kids come up to me and ask me for stuff. They're not praying to me. It's not asking. It, that prayer is not asking. Prayer is a surrendering of your will to his. If you don't believe me, Jesus gave us the perfect example when he was in the garden and he prayed that exact same thing. So what should we be praying with and or for? It's not asking. It's prayer is to get our hearts aligned and our self subjected to his will. Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The surrendering of your will is prayer. Now, I'll, I'll have a lot of people talk to me and maybe even leave them in the comments below. They'll talk to me and say, look, it's asking, you know, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And all this kind of, according to my will, I will do it. Yes, according to his will. That's not what I'm saying to you. When you pray, of course, he wants to hear, just like I want to hear my, my, the needs of my children. Of course he wants to hear that. Our Heavenly Father wants to hear that. And uh, I, I think of, I think it's in Luke 11 where he talks about, you know, the, the example of a, the Heavenly Father. How much more, you know, if, if, if a son asks you for bread, how much more, you know, I'm paraphrasing, go back to, I think it's Luke chapter 11. But um, I paraphrasing, of course, but he's talking about, you're not going to give your children, if they ask you for bread, you're going to give them a stone. How much more will your heavenly father take care of you? Of course, he's going to take care of you. But what he wants to see, just go back to all the verses that it talks about this, that it's the prayers of the saints are as a sweet smelling savor. It's, a, it's the, in, the incense that is, comes up into the nostrils of God. There's so many different op, uh, things. It's a surrendering of their will to his. Not their will be done, but his. Now, I will ask you this. No matter how you pray, if it's asking, uh, if even if you're asking for a specific thing, can you pray hard enough and with enough faith to where it makes it happen, whether God wanted it to happen or not? Of course not. How about if you don't pray hard enough, quote unquote, I'm giving the air quotes, will God's will still be done? 
Of course it will be. Now, we have a free will to be a part of things and to be subjected to his, his ways, to his word. But when he's asking the, um, Timothy here for all this prayer and intercession and supplications and all these things for all men, it's surrendering his will. Because if you look at the time frame in which this was taking place, if you think right now, now this doesn't go for the underground places and churches that are in like China and North Korea and other places where they find out if you know you're a, you're, you are a Christian, they will kill you put you in some sort of concentration camp of some sort. We're not talking about those types of places. I'm talking about your average place in the world today is not going under the same amount of subjection and, and persecution that they were going under at this time. Most of Paul's letters were written from jail. But look how he's exhorting Timothy to just say, surrender your will, humble yourself, Every single day, have the mind of Christ. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now you say, Brother Mike, shouldn't we ask God for things? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want it to get you to get me wrong. But if you're going to in prayer with the idea of asking for things, Lord, we ask you for this. A lot of people will say, you know, though it's almost like a secondary thought. Lord, I ask you for this. If it's in your will, it's the first and primary thing. He, of course, he wants to hear from us. He wants that, that close personal relationship. I want to hear from my children. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to hear from us? But he has our best in mind all the time. But it's subjecting ourselves, dying to self, dying daily to our own wants and needs and desires and, and will. That's all I'm saying. Prayer is not asking. That is not what prayer is. Folks, I, I've talked about this before so many times. So I just wanted to touch on that. And if that helps somebody out there, I, I'm so thankful. And if you got more questions, write me. Okay, but... I just had to bring that up. But look, notice who he says to pray for. All men. There is zero, and I mean zero wiggle room. No wiggle room. It's straightforward and as clear as it can be. Is it not? The verse 1 and 2, there's, there's no way you can kind of, well, let me find a loophole here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lawyer it up, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find me a loophole. Can't find one, can you? It's straightforward. And just think, you know, like I said in verse number two, just in case you say, well, what about so-and-so for kings and for all that are in authority? Not that they're doing right. Goodness, no. Are you kidding me? Anybody that's, you know, that, that um, advocates for the killing of the unborn and all these other kinds of just ghastly, vile, wretched things. I'm not talking about that, but we are to pray for them. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's how we're to conduct ourselves. Railing and ranting against the authority. It's not scriptural. Verse number three. Here's what. Here's why. For this is good and acceptable 
in the sight of God our Savior. Wow. And it doesn't stop there. But there, there's the reason, period. Why should I do that? I don't want to do that. Of course you don't. It's because if you're praying, oh, you know, get him or get her or, you know, bring your judgment down upon this wretched leader and all this kind of stuff. That's not what it's saying, is it? We, of course, God will take care of these things. His will be done. I'm not to be ranting and railing and, and going after it. I am to pray no matter who is in authority, who is leading. I am to pray for them. Why? For this is good and acceptable, verse 3, in the sight of God our Savior. Keeps going. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? Who, of course, is the truth? Our Savior, who said he is the truth. This verse right here is one of the many, though, verse number four, is one of the many verses that I'm about ready to read and all throughout the scriptures in uh, Paul's uh, letters and, and other places that I'm not Calvinistic in any shape, fashion, or form. I'm just not. You can't get around the word all. There's no loophole to all. All means all, and that's all all will ever mean. You know, it's that, that famous thing that a lot of people say. I, I didn't go to any sort of um, Bible college or anything like that to know simple English, all means all. There's no caveat to that. All except. It just says all. And so that's one of the many reasons. And just re- read it one more time. Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? Four. Verse number five. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, when we read this, we say, wow, you know, hmm, that's, that's an interesting way of saying that. It's still the one being, and how, how do I know this? It's because of verse number 16 of the following chapter, First, number 16 of First Timothy chapter 3. And without controversy, because it's still part of the same letter, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh, it's not two separate beings. It's talking about the same being. God, our Savior, is still talking about it when it says uh, there is one God and one mediator between God and man and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's not two separate beings. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily was Jesus Christ. He was fully God that took on flesh. When it says God was manifest in the flesh, means that no man at ever, any time has ever seen God, never seen him. Who declared him, though? Jesus Christ did. Manifest means to be clearly shown, to see something. If I have all the lights off in this room, I've, I think I've used this example before. If I have the lights off in this room, you can't see me. But as soon as I turn on just the main uh, soft light, as soon as I turn it on, I'm manifest, clearly shown. You can see me. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It's without controversy because the Bible says it, but don't understand it fully. Can't. I take it by faith. <laughs> it's a great mystery. But I know God is one, one God. These three are one, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. 
I know these things to be such. I know it's difficult to understand. Therefore, I just take the Bible for what it says. So the same being, when it says God in the end, uh, between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, when it says one God, one mediator, that that was God in flesh. Jesus Christ, God in flesh. It says here, was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. By the way, we'll catch his bride away one day. Come back and catch this this body of believers, the worldwide church. Remember, I talk about that all the time too, the macro sense. There's the body of Christ, also known as the called out assembly, the church, the ecclesia, if you want to be fancy about it. But that's the called out, called out from where? The world. We're not of this world anymore. So as everybody in the body of Christ worldwide, we will be caught up out of this world physically. We'll change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We will finally put on incorruption. Boy, that's the blessed hope, is it not? That's what we have to look forward to. What are we so down about? What are we so sad about? Why are we so angry and upset at this world acting like the world? received up into glory. And then one day he's going to come back and rule and reign for a thousand years. Again, I've talked about this before. I, that is not for us, believer. That's a different subject for a different day. However, the world that we seek, the new, what's meant for us is the new heaven and new earth. We are meant for new Jerusalem. So like I said earlier at the beginning, I'm looking forward to going to see Jerusalem, the old city, and all these different kinds of things if I get an opportunity. Of course I want to see those things. But boy, oh boy, have you looked in the book of Revelation and looked at what new Jerusalem looks like? Where the kings of this earth come into one of the 12 gates and worship? Tell you, even Peter who was given these keys. Like I said, go watch that video. It was a very interesting time I had with my dad in the Word of God. Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse number 16, Peter says here, talking about the Apostle Paul, because uh, he's talking about Paul, let's see, yes, verse number 15, account of the long-suffering of our Lord and sal- uh, is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they are unlearned, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Um, by the way, a lot of people talk about this stuff, you know, all these great mysteries Paul was revealing. You want to know what the things that's most hard to be understood? Look what Peter was withstood to the face about. Paul withstood Peter to the face, um, and also, boy, who was that? Barnabas. I believe it was Barnabas as well. They had a falling out. Paul and Barnabas had the falling out over John Mark and so forth and so on. But when Paul withstood uh, Barnabas, I believe it was Barnabas and Peter to the face about something, it was about how they preferred the Jews over the Gentiles. Paul was bringing things hard for them to understand, which was that Christ came to die as a ransom for all. 
And they still, oh, they believe that. Yes, of course, yes, Gentiles can be saved, but they wanted to bring them back under the subjection of the law. They, they, they were so thick with the, the, their religious upbringing that they just couldn't see through it clearly. And some of them understood it. Peter obviously understood it, but still had to be withstood to the face, had, had to be confronted over it. And when he said these are writing in these things are hard to be understood, I think that Peter was talking about this exact thing um, of grace for Gentiles, especially. So, anyways, that was just a little side note. I was talking to a brother in Christ about that uh, just last night, I believe. Okay, let's go back to First Timothy chapter two now. <laughs> All right. Here's the next thing. I will, therefore, verse number eight, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay, that seems pretty straightforward. In like manner. Now, if you just read nine, verse nine down, and you don't start out with this in context, you're going to take this completely out of out of context. This is talking about again in this in this prayer. When it says pray everywhere, okay, pray everywhere. But then it starts talking about verse number nine, in like manner. Okay, so, okay, women are to pray in like manner. Also, that women, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? That women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Now, what does this have to do with anything? Let's keep going. With shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Now, Let's just take a second to read this in context through the, through the prism of the word and what's happening in uh, during this time and who this is written to. This was written to Timothy, a half Jew, half Gentile, um, who lived in an area, I believe, where he was at at the time of this writing, I believe is in Ephesus. I could be wrong on that. But anyways, the, the things that were going on in the world all around them that they were saved out of, okay, so a Gentile gets saved a woman gets saved out of this Gentile nation who is into all this multi-gods and all these temples and these sacrifices and these different rituals. Um, I think of the Roman ruins that I went down to see here in, locally in Spain and just thought about those temples and what what they did. Well, they adorned themselves in all these different kinds of things. The women, as they would pray, and ask their gods for things and all these other kinds of stuff. Again, I gave the air quotes for those listening when I said pray, <laughs> but they were they were they were decked out, okay, costly array and you know fine apparel and they broided their hairs and stuff like that. Now I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a really quick statement here. If you're a husband or you're a father of a, of a girl and so forth and so on, and you have some convictions about this, I am not here to tell you one way or the other that you're wrong, period, okay? How you choose in this, and I'm hopefully in through the power of the Spirit as you lead your household is completely up to you, all right? So, but what this is not talking about is Paul giving out some sort of checklist for women, okay? I want to... If, I, if you disagree with that, that's fine. But I, and like I said, I'm not going to rule your household. You don't rule mine, so forth and so on. But when we're getting together as a body of believers and a woman is there, 
this is what this is talking about is that they were coming in and was providing a stumbling block to a lot of people. And why was providing a stumbling block is because they were dressing like they were dressing in the world. One, two is that when they were coming together and they were saved out of this and they were coming to worship the Lord and they were coming together as a body of believers and they were to see this, they would be like, Ooh, this is something that needs to be addressed because they were, I, what I think was happening was there was this kind of an air of superiority. And the reason why I said that we don't have a lot of time to talk about this for this subject tonight. We're going to talk about it a little bit to finish up the rest of this chapter. And, but I want to preface this, all this by saying, look at what was going on during that time. That's it. Um, there was people that were coming in, 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 especially in the church in Corinth, and they were, uh, they had a lot of stuff, you know, as far as uh, they were more well-to-do and they were having parties and they were making things that were, should not be so. You know, Paul tells them, don't you have houses to eat in and all this kind of stuff? But they were making it because that's what they were used to is what I'm trying to say. They were saved out of it, not doubting whether they were saved or lost or whatever like that. I don't know. Um, that's not the topic when we're talking about, but they were coming through and being a distraction and not making it about the word and coming together what way Paul said. And that's what I think this is about. Now, if a woman chooses or a man chooses, you know, that thinks that this is part of their conviction, no makeup, um, don't braid your hair, so forth and so on. Hey, look, I'm, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong and, and to, put you under some sort of uh, like to castigate you, you know, to, to really speak ill of you in no shape, fashion or form. Um, I, I, I just think that that's not what this is talking about. Okay. It, it could be, there was some of this going on, but as it talks about this, it, it's really talking about what it, it gets into in first Corinthians. And I'm going to get to that in a second. I've rambled on because I want to make this very clear because this topic is really abused. It really is. It's abused and misused a lot in, in my in my view, and it makes it about try, check off a checklist. Okay, all right. You know, if you're wearing this, 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 and this, you're not a good Christian uh, at all. You know, you're not following the Word of God. And if, but if you wear this, 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 and this, boy, you must be following the Word of God. It doesn't necessarily be so um, by a, a long stretch of the imagination. Okay, but anyways. But it says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh a woman professing godliness with good works. Not necessarily there's something wrong intrinsically or with that object or the way that maybe they did their hair, but it had to do with the, the, the world in which they came out of. By the way, we should be a marked and peculiar people. So if you're dressing like the world and, and looking like the world, it's going to be very distracting as you come in and, you know, saying that you're, you love the Lord. I'm, I'm sure it would be very confusing uh, to somebody if you're, I, I don't know, it, it, but it's, it's based basically on where you're living in the world. You know, what's, costly apparel in one place may not look the same as in another if you get my my point uh i'm looking for the word right now that's why i'm kind of rampant culturally okay culturally in where i'm going in israel you know 
wearing your sleeves up a little bit is, is considered very rude and stuff like that in places of quote unquote worship, uh, you know, synagogues and so forth and so on. So it's very culturally appropriate um, to where you are in the world. However, let those women, when it gets into this, is really, really getting about what, as Timothy is being exhorted by Paul, about what should be happening within the local body of believers. And I know this to be the, uh, the case because look at verse number 11 down through the rest of the chapter here. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Okay, so for to save some time here, here we can go back to, um, uh, let's see, yeah, 1 Corinthians 14. Now, to save some time, we're not going to go back and read that, but if you read back in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 27 through 40, this is speaking about women speaking openly, usurping the authority of a man within the body of believers when they came together. Not that women are supposed to be quiet all the time. Goodness, no. But if they're to have a question or something like that, ask of their husbands. By the way, that should be telling you, men, that as you lead your household, you should be learning the word of God. My wife asks me questions all the time, and it challenges me, and boy, I love it. Why? Because it's a, it's a biblical marriage at that point. If my wife was not asking me questions, instead wanting to go to another man to ask questions, boy, what does that say about me? I'm going to take a little bit of a break right here. Just to think about that. Think about that, men. As you lead your household and your wife is wanting to ask the quote-unquote um, man of God a, a question, you should be the man of God. That's what the Bible is saying here. She's going to ask you a question. She asks it at home to you. That should really convict you. Here's why. Keep reading. But I suffer not a woman to teach, not to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Not that she can't utter a single word when they come into the, you know, the house or you know, the storefront or wherever you're meeting at. For Adam was first formed than Eve. Now, that's very interesting. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. That's very super interesting to me because I've talked about this before. Why do you think Paul is using Adam and Eve as an example? Not only they're the first marriage, but the word of God, I believe, was given to Adam in order to give to Eve of what to do and what not to do. Now, I'm not saying Adam lied to Eve. I've brought this up before, but I think he was so much. I, this is just a, a theory of mine. Okay. This is not Bible by any stretch of the imagination, but a theory of mine is that God told Adam these things and then he formed Eve and then Adam and Eve both walked with the Lord. But I think that Adam was the one that was teaching Eve, according to like the, even what this scripture is talking about right here. He was teaching her. And I think when she said, we're not to even touch it, I think that was a little bit of Adam, unbeknownst to him. Of course, he knew no sin at that point. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't lying. He wasn't doing all that kind of stuff. But I think he was sort of adding to what God says in his own kind of, his own kind of love and, and really wanting Eve not to go near it. Hey, don't even touch it, Eve. Now, that's a theory. It could be totally wrong, and, and the Lord will chastise me or set me straight when I get to heaven. But it's something of a theory that I've been thinking about as we read, and we always look at these examples of Adam and Eve. Why did Eve say what she said? 
when she told the, uh, the, the serpent not to even touch it, you know, lest we'll surely die. Though God's word doesn't record God saying anything about touching it. He said, don't eat of it. So it's just interesting to me. So again, that's just the theory. Please don't take that as some sort of like, I'm dogmatic on that, but just interesting. Because it says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. Well, why say it like that if this is not what it's talking about? It could be talking about something else, though. And Adam was not deceived. Hmm. But the woman being deceived was in transgression. Men, take your role seriously. I think this is what it, you want to be a faithful man, as, as Paul is telling Timothy who to be looking for, what to be looking for, and all these things in First and Second Timothy and in Titus when he tells Titus these things. Men, be men. Quit you like men. Be strong in the faith. Notwithstanding. Now, this verse right here, I, I will tell you as we wrap this up, this verse right here kind of confuses me sometimes. If you have uh, some maybe some, some more you want to talk about it, that's fine. Like I said, leave some stuff in the comments. But it says, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. It's not teaching works-based salvation here. Here's just a thought. When Eve was told these things, you know, you know you'll have, um, you know, pain in childbirth and all these kinds of things and in labor and everything. Um, I, I've never experienced that physically. Uh, my wife has twice, um, but I, I, I can't speak for that. But what I think this may be talking about, once again, not dogmatic, but what I think this may be talking about here is when saved in childbearing. It's because Christ came to die. Remember, he came as a ransom for all. How did he choose that? Philippians chapter 2 says he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. Born of a woman. So through her childbearing, we are saved. Through the miracle that is childbirth, God decided in his wisdom, I, I, I it could have done it a million different ways. God decided this as the way because he had to die. He had to be fully man, fully God. Had to have perfect blood so he couldn't have man's tainted blood, so he didn't. And then I think about childbirth and how much of a miracle it is. How that women can grow a human being inside of them and that God has formed in, in the, you know, I can't think of the verse, I think it's in Psalms, where he formed us and knew us in, even in our mother's womb. And how that, the miracle of that is how he chose to come into this world and to die for our sins, according to the scriptures, and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. But he died for our sins, death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Why? To shed his innocent blood for you and me so that we could be saved. Our blood's tainted. We need a, we need a blood transfusion. It's the best way I can tell you. The way we get a new body one day, this blessed hope, everything that we've been talking about through this entire thing, this entire chapter, saved in childbearing. Just a thought. It might be meaning something completely different, but just something that came to my mind. Uh, but that's it. Okay, so second, First Timothy chapter 2, 
I know I went through some times when I was really trying to get a point across, and I don't feel like I did a, a great job of that, and Lord forgive me. Um, I think I was trying to get in the way. I really do. That's why I think I struggled through that a little bit. Um, but I wanted to, I, I so want to get everybody to understand that portion I was talking about because it's so abused, it's so misused, and so I just wanted to just really try to be very clear on that. And again, men out there, lead your household. Study the Word of God. Quit you like men. Be strong in the faith. I'm speaking to myself. Uh, but men, I'm, I'm exhorting you out there. Lead your household. Lead it. Don't you know? give over your authority that God has given you. He's given you this responsibility. Don't give it over to somebody else. It's not scriptural. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for tonight. Um, God bless you. Thank you for if you made it all the way through here, especially that portion. Like I said, you know, Lord forgive me. Um, I think I was just trying to explain in my own spirit a little bit there too much just a few minutes ago. Um, so, but I, I pray that you came across and that you understood what I was trying to say uh, through the power of the Spirit because I didn't come in excellency of speech <laughs> uh, tonight, it seems like, at least to me. But I hope it was a blessing to you um, and that the, that the Spirit taught you through his word and that um, you'll uh, tell all your friends and family. And uh, if you enjoy, as far as the, the Bible teaching, if it, if it edifies you, all praise and honor and glory to the Lord, the one who's worthy of all praise. Um, would, you, would, you share, would you share this with your friends and family? And um, I would appreciate it. So. All right. Love you in the Lord. Uh, that's it for tonight. And like I said, maybe another week or two, maybe uh, before I got to get some stuff packed up. I just don't know. So if you don't see me on here, you'll know why. Okay. I'll try to let everybody know somehow or another. Okay. All right. That's it for now. God bless you. Thank you for joining me again on Let This Mind Be In You. First Timothy chapter two, a ransom for all. Goodbye for now. <laughs>